This is Without Compromise, a show that explores what happens when you won't settle for anything less than your crazy ideas. We'll talk to athletes, founders, adventurers, and entrepreneurs of all kinds about living without compromise. I'm your host, Mason Gravely. Welcome to the show. We're programmed for survival, so our instinct is to give up on these situations, to move away from them. I thought if I didn't sign up for that race, that I was just going to disappear. It doesn't have to be these big, huge things that everyone thinks you need to do to make a difference. For J.J. Watt, performance is everything. He looks for any edge he can get because his contract and his livelihood and his, you know, basically his career in the NFL depends on it. So when he came across Athletic Brewing a few years ago, it made complete sense for his own lifestyle, and he was very early on in our community, as you're going to hear. JJ has had an impressive career so far. He's a three-time Defensive Player of the Year, the Walter Payton NFL Man of the Year, a five-time first-team All-Pro, second-team All-Pro, five-time Pro Bowler, two-time NFL Sacks Leader, and the list goes on and on and on. So it was awesome to sit down and talk to him about his life, what got him to this point, his mindset, and how he lives without compromise, uh, and what it's like to be a part of the Athletic Brewing community. So I hope you enjoy, and let's go ahead and jump into the interview. All right, folks, welcome to Without Compromise. Today, we are talking to early part of uh, uh, the Athletic Brewing community, but not probably early as you wanted to be from a video (laughs) I watched. JJ Watt, how you doing, man? I'm doing great, man. How are you? Happy to be here. Oh, doing so great, man. Doing so great. Well, thanks for making time for us. I know you got a big game coming up this weekend, but uh, but let's go ahead and jump into that. Actually, how are you feeling? I know you had COVID. How, how you feeling now? Was it was it bad bout of it, or was it just kind of like ah crap? I got it. Can't do nothing. No, I had a decent bout of it. It, it, it hit pretty hard, but uh, we're good. We're out of it now, and uh, um, just happy to be moving on. My wife is uh, eight months pregnant, so we're very excited about that. And uh, she's healthy, and the baby's healthy, so everything is good. Being a dad coming up, I, I was saving this for later, but how are you feeling about that? Is I mean, are you do you feel ready for that? Do you feel like what am I even doing here? That's that's a big thing. I'm probably as ready as I can be. I don't think I'll ever actually be ready, but I'm as ready as I can be. You know, we've got the place set up. We've got the plan in place. We've got uh, everything we think we need, and uh, we're going to be adjusting on the fly, I'm certain. And I'm asking all my teammates and all the dads in my life, you know, advice and what's their biggest pieces of advice. But uh, we're just excited to meet the little guy. We can't wait, and it's going to be a very special moment for us. You you come from a a family of – all boys. Yeah, yeah. All boys. My brother has uh, two boys. My wife's sister has three boys. So it's all, a lot of boys. All boys, a sports family. Were, were your parents pretty hard on you about what to what sports to play? Because I know it started off with hockey. Or were you kind of given the freedom to explore what you wanted to do? Um, I mean, it was a very competitive household. And we loved, obviously, competing. We loved sports. We loved anything that we could get our hands on that you could compete in and, and keep scoring. And uh, so, I mean, I played hockey, baseball, basketball, track, everything growing up. And I was fortunate. That's, I mean, that's part of the reason I started my foundation was I, I, I never knew growing up, growing up that, that I was as fortunate as I was. Cause I mean, I, if I wanted to play basketball, I got to play basketball. If I wanted to play football, I got to play football. I wasn't aware that not everybody got those same opportunities until I got into high school and started to learn more about, the rest of how the world works. Um, and so that, that really was kind of the emphasis for 
starting my charitable foundation was the fact that there are so many kids out there that want to play football or want to play track or want to play basketball. And they just because of adults not having the funding for it, they can't. And so uh, I was fortunate as a kid. We all we got to play whatever sports we wanted. And I do think it was a huge part of my athletic and development as a person. Do you think having that kind of multi-sport background helped you in the sense of being a better football player? How high were your goals at that point? The world is constantly evolving. And so you see all these AAU basketball leagues and camps and you see all these seven-on-seven football leagues and specialization is becoming more and more apparent. But I personally can only speak to my own journey. And playing as many sports as possible is huge for me, not only from a fun standpoint where I got to be with my friends and I got to try all these different sports and play all these different sports, but from an athletic development standpoint, I mean, football uses vastly different muscles than hockey. And hockey uses vastly different muscles than track. And track uses vastly different muscles than basketball. Um, When you only train in one of these sports, you're constantly using those muscles and you're constantly building up those muscles and you're not necessarily using the other muscles as much. Um, And I think the ability, especially at a young age, when your body's developing at such a rapid rate, to be able to use and develop all those different systems um, throughout the year and throughout your growth years uh, it really helps become a better overall athlete. And then also there's the mental aspect of it, which is I think it's very easy for kids to get burnt out in one sport when you just pound and pound and pound at that same sport for years and years and years. And then the, the stress and the mental aspect and the toll of it also comes into play. Yeah, absolutely. We, you know, any Anyone that grows up playing sports does see that situation a lot. And the kids can absolutely hate it, rebel in a lot of ways. But it sounds like your parents were pretty cool about it like in the sense of just letting y'all explore and and not push you too much to do what they wanted you to do basically yeah they definitely let us explore they definitely let us uh try it all out um but what they didn't do was let us slack or quit at whatever we were trying so if we if we wanted to be in something we were going to be in it we were going to give everything we had um I sucked at playing the trumpet, but they let me play the trumpet for a year and they got me, they put me in a band and rented me a trumpet and I tried the trumpet and I sucked. Um, but I, I, I want, after three days I wanted to quit, but they were like, no, you started it. So you have to finish the semester. Um, I, but they're hard on us and everything because that's the only way you can get good at it. I mean, if you're just kind of bouncing around and floating from thing to thing, you might never really actually grasp hold. Uh, and you also just don't learn the values of you know hard work and what it means to, commit to something even if it's not your favorite thing in the world but they had a good system going my dad was very hard on us in sports he was going to be very difficult on us and very tough on us when it came to sports and then my mom was very tough on us in school so if you got a bad grade or a bad report card you kind of brought it to dad if you had a bad day at practice or a bad game you kind of went and hung out with mom so he tried to like play the game a little bit but it was a good yin and yang but were you a person that wanted to quit something that you maybe didn't enjoy at first? But it sounds like Trumpet was one example. Any any others yeah. where it's like, Mom, Dad, I, I really don't want to do this. But they were like, no, you, you can't. You got to keep going. Uh, yeah. So I Trumpet was one, but I stuck it through. And then, uh, like, I believe it was like seventh grade track. Uh, I went out for track. And, I mean, it was just – I was my friends were in track, so I was like, I want something to do. I won't let me go off for track. And it I knew that I wasn't as interested in track as other sports, you know, football, baseball. Um, but I was like, you know, let me see what it's about. So I went out for track and like day three, I mean, you're running, your warm up for track is like running three laps around the track. 
I mean, I was big. I'm a bigger kid. Like, I'm a, it's not for me. It just wasn't for me. So I just went home. I lived like a mile away from home. So I was like, all right, you know what? I'm not here for this. I went home. Uh, and I got my home. My dad was like, what are you doing? And I was like, God, I just got home from track. He was like, practice is still going on. And I was like, yeah, no, I just, I don't like it. I don't, I don't think, I don't like it. And I got a 45 minute lecture on not quitting and what it means when you sign up for something, you commit to something, you do it, you see it through. So that was my one experience and uh, didn't quit anything else since. Man, where would you be if you hadn't have done that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, those are pivotal <laughs> right. moments. I mean, who knows? I mean, I, I know for a fact I wouldn't be a 400 meter hurdle champion. That's for sure. Right. A shot put too, right? I think shot put. Yeah. That's yeah, uh... <laughs> that I could do. That was just a little spike uh, at the end of my high school career. I never uh, since that day I hadn't done track, and my dad held the school record for shot put. Uh, so my senior year, I went out for track, just kind of like a last hurrah in high school, just to see what I could do and see. Um, and I ended up beating his school record in the shot put. So it was kind of like a full circle moment where he didn't let me quit then. Um, so I just came back and took his record off the wall. Man, that's uh, that's awesome. There you go, Daddy. You gave you a nice speech. Now he lost his record. So I'm sure yeah, it's a little it. bit of a catch-22 so, for him. Exactly. Um, knocked him off the chart. Dang. I'm telling you, that stuff is so important. And I'm sure you're going to want to instill a lot of that in your children. Is there anything that's particularly different than how your parents raised you that you think you'll do differently with, with your, at least your son, if not more kids? Yeah. I mean, it's a fascinating conversation. My wife and I have it all the time, obviously, uh, speaking about how we grew up and talking about our parents parenting style and, and what we're going to take and what we're not but i mean the first thing that you obviously have to look at is just the different situation that we're in i mean my wife and i are both professional athletes um my dad was a firefighter my mom started as a secretary at her company and worked her way up to become the vice president but they were both working full-time jobs my dad was working 24-hour shifts um on and off so some some days he's obviously not home day or night and then my mom's working full shifts during the day so there's daycare there's babysitters there's all sorts of things different challenges than my wife and I are going to have um, and I think the number one thing that we want to do is to make sure that even in the situation that we're in that we're very fortunate to have the life that we have we want to try and make sure that we instill those values that our parents instilled in us and to try and find a way to make sure that our kids understand um, hard work and discipline and not everything is going to be easy and not everything is going to be handed to you, which we're in a fortunate situation where they are going to have a lot of great things, but we have to, as parents, navigate that and make sure that we do it as best as possible to, to not allow them to fall into that. Speaking of that, I, I don't think the NFL was in your, maybe not in your sights with going out of high school. You can tell me if I'm wrong, but it was playing at Wisconsin or playing the, at the next level. What, what do you think your future was? Like, what did you want to be before the NFL came into sight? I mean, I, I knew that I wanted to do, I wanted to be an athlete. Uh, that's for sure. I mean, I, I wanted to make it to the NFL, but I knew to get to the NFL, I, I had to make it to that next level. And I think that early on, I was taught a lesson about how to set goals and, and set a plan to achieve those goals. And I think that, I, while I'm, I personally may not have thought it was overly realistic, I knew that my dream was to play in the NFL. So then when I was in high school, I would literally figure out how to create those stepping stones to get to that point, even if I didn't necessarily fully believe that it was a possibility because only one person from my area, my high school had ever done it. 
Um, but then I created the building blocks. I said, okay, who gets drafted in the NFL? What size are they? What weight are they? How much do they bench press? How fast do they run? What are their grades like in school? And I said, okay, how do I get to those schools where these guys come from? And then once I saw those schools, okay, what kind of admissions do they have? What kind of, how do I get a scholarship to these schools? And I just worked it all the way backwards to what can I do today to get myself to that height, to that weight, to that grade point average, to that speed. And it was just a matter of one day at a time, chipping away little by little at the goal. And then all of a sudden you look back and you're like, holy cow, I did it. That's unreal. Like setting out that plan. But you don't, I don't know. You don't hear a lot of people that, that set it out that, that, that lofty, you know, that's like saying, I want to be an astronaut. You know, how many people yeah. actually do set those things in place? There are a handful, but not many. It makes it like, I agree. But once you, once you sit down and you, break the whole thing down into digestible chunks and you create what you can do today, it makes it seem so much easier because if you say, I want to be an astronaut, you, you sit down and you look at that and you're like, you, you literally stare at the sky and you'd be like, how the hell am I going to, how do I do that? But then when you, I'm sure there's some sort of plan when you look back at, okay, I need to get to the, the Johnson space center. Okay. The Johnson space center. Let's see what type of, degree in astronaut kids. All right. If I want to get that kind of degree, I need to go to that kind of school. Okay. If I want to go to that kind of school, I got to get these kind of grades to get into that kind of school. And if I want to get these kind of grades, I have to study this amount of hours a day. So I would sit here today and I'd say, okay, I've got a two and a half hour study window tonight where I got to study my physics book because if I want to become that astronaut, the only thing I can do today is study this physics book and you just stack days. And it makes, you just got to make it digestible. That's all. I know that you uh, were a walk-on, you know, famously a walk-on in Wisconsin. Do you do you think do you think your future would be different if you would have gotten a full ride to Wisconsin first versus coming in as an underdog or or walking on and having to prove yourself? Yeah, it's a fascinating conversation. I, I think that it would definitely be altered in some way, shape, or form. Uh, I think having that chip on your shoulder and having that uncertainty. And back against the wall, no other option um, really does put some sort of fire underneath you um, where you can have, be the best motivator in the world. You can be the most self-motivated person in the world. But there's something about those existential forces where you can't you're in a situation where you have to do it or you don't succeed that I do think that that helped propel me to, to greater things. Has there, have you ever put yourself in a situation like that where it's, if I don't, because I've, I've heard you talk about that and betting on yourself constantly, ever been in a situation where like, I have to succeed here and didn't? I mean, there's a lot of, like, there's a lot of things you can, you can look at it from different standpoints. It depends on what you, what you consider your success and failure, especially as an end goal. I mean, my injuries have been extremely difficult for me. And so, um, you know, you look at a situation where you have high expectations and you're the leader of a team and you're a captain of a team and you face an injury where now you you feel personally like you've let an entire team and organization city down. Um, and you can look at that as a failure or you can look, widen out the picture and say, OK, now it's my job to help the team as much as I can, get back healthy and, and do everything I can from that point and move forward. So I think that looking at anything as an abject failure uh, is is almost a mindset to create more failure because you're you're then basically saying this is the end when the reality is that the end is nowhere near 
And this is a very, very long life and there's a big picture and you have to try and constantly find ways to be positive and move forward. Do you feel like you've gotten better at dealing with injuries and setbacks that are kind of out of like COVID, great example. It's not it's like, dang, man, I wasn't planning on this. You know, I wanted to play in the preseason. But, you know, in, I'm sure the first one was maybe a little more jolting. Yeah. What have you learned from those? Yeah, fortunately and unfortunately, I have gotten better at it. I mean, I've had a lot of practice, unfortunately. Um, but, yes, the very first time I ever got injured, um, I thought that I was Superman. I thought that nothing could ever hurt me. I could never hurt myself. Nothing would ever happen. And then I got injured. And I thought, oh, this is easy. I'll bounce back from this, no problem. Um, and I, I just, you know, you try and do things too fast. You try, you believe. Part of you, part of the thing that makes you great, is that you believe that any anything can be overcome, and that you can will yourself to be better than anything, any situation. Um, and then the human body and the world reminds you that no, you're you are a human, and there are faults and there are things that take time. The thing, body has to heal. Things have to take time. Um, the mental aspect is where I've gotten a lot better at it. I stress a lot about injuries because I feel like I'm letting so many people down. It's the hardest part, hands down. You're, the team game is beautiful and everything is great because you're part of a team. You're, you're doing something together and it's a collective group all coming together. Um, but the injury during that also hurts the worst because you you feel like you're letting down so many people around you. And it's there's no other there's no way around it you that's all that would eat at me 24 7 i would just think about it really awake at night thinking about letting people down and letting everybody down and this is this sounds weird to say i was just talking to somebody about it yesterday who, who got injured it sounds very weird to say um but it honestly helps you through a situation nobody else is thinking about you as much as you're thinking about you so while i'm sitting here stewing thinking every guy on this team is thinking about what an asshole I am from being hurt or how we need him. Why is he out here? How this is ridiculous. He's hurt. Nobody else is thinking about you as much as you are. So you got to kind of like flip your mind and be like, all right, take a breather. It's going to be okay. Just do whatever you can to get back out there. One argument I'd say about that, my mama might be thinking about me more than <laughs> maybe. I don't know about your mom because you've got a lot to think about. She's got three different boys in the same situation to think about. But I mean, it's humbling. You know, yeah. to think, oh, not that people forget me, but they're not thinking about me. They're thinking about them the same yes. way I'm thinking about me. Um, I don't know if you're in this position, and I don't have to leave this in if it's not great, but I've talked to a lot of athletes that have had major injuries. I'm talking like paralyzed. Every one of them get to the point. I, I won't say every one of them. Most of them get to the point, and by the time I have a conversation, they're in this position where they're glad it happened from the perspective it taught them, from the way it changed their life, from what the person they came became through it. Would you say you're there or could you see yourself being there? Like, I'm actually glad these kind of setbacks happened to me because of what it taught me through the process. I, I do believe that I am a better person through it all. I think having to deal with the adversity, having to have some very hard and difficult conversations with yourself, learn yourself and learn how to persevere. Um, has definitely helped me as a person. Um, but I would never, no, I would never say I'm, it's okay that it happened. Like it's, yeah. I mean, people like there's all the time I hear people say, I don't have any regrets. Or, I wouldn't do anything different. Or, I wouldn't, I'm like, no, that's a lie. I would, if I could go back and not be hurt ever, I would absolutely do that. 
Do you think at all these played into the response you had to Hurricane Harvey? I know you were coming off an injury then or were dealing with some stuff, and that was just you, – you initially set that $200,000 goal, which blossomed and exploded into over $40 million. I, what, what, tell us about that experience because that is – I mean, you know, 200000 is not nothing. Like, that's a decent yeah. amount, but that's, that is nothing compared to $41 million. Like, what was that whole thing? What, what's the legacy that you uh, – kind of walk away from remembering that yeah no that was insane it was insane uh insanely terrible from a tragedy standpoint from everybody who was affected um it was insane from a logistics standpoint and how how it all i mean my day-to-day life during that time handling football training camp practices during the day and handling dozens of meetings at night with politicians and relief organizations and um, people crying and struggling through deaths. Um, And then also it was crazy positive and emotional seeing so many people from all over the world stand up and help people they've never met. Um, It was, it was one of the most like blender of emotions times I've ever had in my entire life. How many watching how many people dropped everything to help me with it once we saw what was happening and how it started going. Um, but the thing that I'll always take away from it is in one of the darkest moments of a city's history that I've ever personally witnessed, um, seeing the light and seeing the beauty of humanity through it gives you so much hope and know, lets you know that even when everything is tough and everything looks bleak and it looks like there's no end in sight, um, people will always be there to help other people out. And it was beautiful. I'm sure that gave you certain feelings that you, you, you didn't have in football even. Yeah, no, it, it was, uh, it, it was such a different emotion, such a different experience and such like a, the community of it all. I mean, I, I have a team in football and we are a part of a team. Um, but to, to feel like a part of, to feel the community of that moment was a completely different animal that I've never experienced. And, um, but I also, I have to say it was, it was madness from logistical standpoint. I mean, I was, we were dead in the center of training camp and we were on the move and it was waking up at, you know, five, six AM to go to practice and meetings during the day and then immediately switching gears and sitting in boardroom meetings with 10, 12 people and rotating in these business people and politicians and relief organizations and having these conversations on levels that. I had never even like, like we talked about, I, I never thought I'd be in the NFL. I never thought I'd be sitting here fielding the phone calls that I was fielding and making decisions that I was making in regards to a natural disaster in a city of however many people Houston has millions and millions of people. It was, it was chaos, but it was organized chaos. And I had a ton of great people helping me out. Yeah. Your mom told a story. Um, not to me. I watched a video, of course, that, of, of checks, stacks of checks, like a foot and a half high, just coming in, having to process this stuff. And, and the, the response was insane. I'm, oh, I'm yeah. sure in a way that was incredibly fulfilling in a different way um, that sports have done. Yeah, it was unbelievable. I mean, all 50 states, countries, different countries, celebrities, you know, musicians, athletes, other teams, like opponents, enemies, everybody uh, jumped in to help out. And it was unbelievably fulfilling. I know there's, uh, you know, the the lifestyle of NFL and and kind of some of the benefits that come along with being on a 
team like this, it has allowed you to do some pretty cool philanthropic stuff. And I know people are probably constantly asking about this, but has there been one maybe besides that has really stun, stand, stood out to you in the sense of maybe the impact it had on you as well as the impact it had on the people you were helping? Um, one of my first experiences in the NFL is, is the one that sticks with me the most by far. When I had first moved down to Houston before my first training camp, um, I was literally staying in a, in a hotel room in Houston because we were locked out. And I just wanted to train with some of the guys. So I, I was staying in a hotel. We had trained in the morning. I went back to my hotel. I was just hanging out. And I was reading a news article about this family uh, who got in a car accident the night before with a drunk driver. And both parents passed away in a car accident. And there were three kids in the car. Two of them were paralyzed and one of them had a broken leg. Um, and they they were at the hospital and they had just, I, I believe at that moment, they hadn't even heard that their parents had passed away yet. Um, and so I went to the hospital. It said they were huge Texans fans. One of them was wearing a Texans shirt in the photo. And so I was like, I got nothing to do with my time. I'm sitting in this hotel room. I'm going to go meet with these kids. I want to go meet with them and see if we can at least lift their spirits a little bit. Uh, they were called the Berry Kids. They're, they're um, you know, uh, Aaron and Willa Berry. And, uh, I mean, uh, Peter, Peter, Aaron, and Willa Berry. And so I went and visited them in the hospital. And uh, we hit it off immediately. I mean, these kids, you know, the two boys were football players. Willa was a little soccer player. Um, we hit it off. And I, I put my num number in their iPad. And I said, if you guys ever need anything, text me you know whatever you need shoot me a text and uh they ended up texting and we text back and forth a little bit i mean it was the most devastating situation of all time I mean, these kids were in a hospital bed um two boys were paralyzed so they had head, head gear on they couldn't move their head or neck um they couldn't move their legs from the waist down and we just got to talking and then they uh they ended up moving in with their aunt and uncle and their cousins, and which was actually ironically not that far from my house. So they would invite me over for dinner every now and then, and I'd go over to their house for dinner, and we'd have dinner. I'd go to their events, some of their events, their school. Um, they'd come to, you know, games and things like that of mine. And we literally, to this day, still talk. That was 2011, and we still, to this day, talk. Peter and Aaron are on Team USA Wheelchair Basketball. They both are on scholarships to Alabama for wheelchair basketball. Uh, Will is crushing it and, and doing her thing. And it's just been unbelievable for me to watch them grow as people through such a tough situation. The initiative, too, just saying, like, they got to get in touch. But tell us, do you have to be an NFL superstar to make a difference? Like, are you, are you having to constantly fight that, I don't know, misconception? <laughs> no. I mean, I think that, you know, people do ask me a lot, like, how, how do we – give back how can we like i'm not i don't have a lot of money i don't have a lot of, how can we give back and i my number one thing is just, I, I always tell people just find a way in your community it can literally be volunteering down to your local library and help them restack books it can be volunteering down to your local food bank to restock the shelves um find something just to get yourself out into your community helping other people uh and then the opportunities from there will flourish and they'll grow it's it's a beautiful thing when people start to help people it multiplies and it exponentially gets greater. And so just put yourself out there. Um, just go find somewhere to help, some way to help. And you'll, you'll be amazed, A, at how it makes you feel. I mean, you're helping other people, but at the same time, you feel so aligned with everybody else and enthused to help others. And then also you're going to find more opportunities that come from it. 
speaking of trying to make the world a better place, you know, here at Athletic, we're, we're definitely trying to help folks have a great option when it comes to wanting to drink less for whatever reason. What would, how did you get involved with Athletic Brewing? I don't know the story there. The opportunity, I mean, you alluded to it earlier, but the opportunity came to me very early on. I mean, very early in Athletic's life. Um, and I'm from Wisconsin, so you have to take this understanding with, I'm from Wisconsin, which I believe is the place per capita in the world with the most bars per people. Oh yeah. It's uh, by a long yeah. shot. Not, I mean, I just yeah. saw a map last week of like the, the, ca- the zip codes, yeah. like top 10 zip codes with like most bars per capita. It, all of them were in Wisconsin. I, I no question. No question. So this came across my desk and I said, I'm from Wisconsin, like non-alcoholic beer. I think my buddies would kick me out of the state if I said non-alcoholic beer was a, was an investment that I made. So I passed on it a couple of times at the beginning, just purely off of where I'm from. And then uh, it kept coming across my desk and kept coming across my desk. And every single time I, I always, I always remember thinking to myself, A, this is an impressive business plan, but B, the, I always thought the branding was unbelievable. I said, this is an unbelievable branding. I said, all right, send me some. I got to try it. I got to try the beer. I want to meet Bill. Um, so I tried the beer, which it was unbelievable. I mean, as you know, I mean, it, the, the way that the athletic has created this brew is, is unbelievable. And it's against everything you've ever thought about non-alcoholic beers in the past. Like it, you do a taste test, you'd have no idea. And then I met Bill and Bill, um, aligned with everything that I personally think a CEO and a founder of a company should be and is, is that he's extremely passionate about what he does. He has a firm belief and reason behind what he's doing. And then he wants to do good and give back um, with every single sale that he makes. And I thought that we sat down in my house in Houston and we talked for a long time and just the alignment of what I saw in him as a leader and what I saw in him as his belief in his company. Um, and sold me and, and I was in and ever since he has done nothing but prove that everything he said and everything he is is true and every every step along the way he has been that guy and it's been awesome to watch his growth and it's incredible it's been fun to watch people come similar to myself it's been fun to watch people initially question and then come on board full bore people like that swing the farthest to be the biggest fans. So I tell people when you're sampling beer, or handing it out, if they give resistance because they don't think it's going to be good, press because they're going to swing the farthest and become the biggest fans. Yeah. You see it every day. Yeah. That's so cool. Well, let me ask you a couple rapid fire questions and then we'll, uh, then we'll wrap this up. But, um, oh yeah, the commercial, how, how was it? Uh, how, how was filming the commercial with athletic? You know, you got the lawnmower, uh, you're yeah. drinking the beer. What was that like? It was good. It was a blast. We were out there in LA and uh, we had a blast. I mean, I got to mow the lawn and jump in the pool, you know, and drink beer. So, I mean, who, who wouldn't want to do that as a day of work? So it was awesome. Oh man, that's awesome. What are you most curious about right now outside of football? Parenting. It's right now it's all parenting for me. So trying to find out and figure out how to be the best parents we can be. And, and I look around at all the people in my life. I'm like, well, if they can do it, I can do it. <laughs> yes. Yes. I have some of those people that give me much confidence. <laughs> oh, man, that's funny. All right. Proudest achievement outside of sports? Um, that would have to be the Hurricane Harvey relief and everything and all the people coming together uh, to make it work. Well, let me ask about that real quick. How do you see that thread working into your future? 
I'm not sure. Um, I mean, at the time, everybody, you know, there was a lot of discussion about politics and everything coming from that. Um, but I, I don't, I don't see that in my future personally. You never know. I'm never going to shut the door on anything. Um, but I think that I also gained a lot of insight from that situation. And I also gained such a massive amount of respect for philanthropists and for charities and for everybody who does all these unbelievable things because of how difficult it was and how I witnessed how difficult it was and people who step up in times of struggle. Um, so I, I think that philanthropy and, and giving back will always be a part of my life. Um, I don't know. I don't know exactly what it looks like, but it'll always be there. All right. This might be obvious, but biggest goal not yet achieved. One thing. So big silver trophy. All right. That's what I thought it was. That's what I thought it was. Daily habit you stick to. I know there's probably many, but maybe one that's one of your favorites. Man, I have a lot. Um, bone broth and Epsom salt bath. I would say those are two, two of my daily habits that I stick to every day. Is I have two cups of bone broth every morning and every night, and I take an Epsom salt bath before bed. Okay, glad you made the distinction. I was thinking a, a bone broth bath. Yeah, That's a little different. Okay. Yeah, it's just <laughs> osmosis straight through the skin. What a, what's a hobby you have that folks might not know? Ooh, that's a great question. I don't really have a ton of hobbies at the moment. It's a lot of work. I, I'm uh, Golf is definitely a massive hobby of mine. I suck at it, um, but I love to golf. Quite. All right. Yeah, you probably don't have a whole lot of time for hobbies, and you're not going to for a little bit coming up here. Um, speaking of athletic brewing beers, is there one that kind of stands out to you as your favorite? I like the uh, Cerveza, yeah, Cerveza Atletica. I like Cerveza Atletica a lot. I, I mean, I like the the originals. I like Run Wild and, and Freeway a lot. I'm trying to think, there's. I I love the brand. I haven't tried the light yet. I haven't I haven't got the light, but I I think the light can is one of the best branded cans of any drink I've ever seen. I think that's such a classic, cool, well branded can. I don't think I'll ever earn the Iron Man. Uh, one that they're doing right now so maybe i'll have to sneak that one off of somebody but i love the different flavors and i love the different stuff that we do like i think the coffee ones are, are cool um porters stuff like that i think it's really cool how it's always evolving it's not just the same stuff but all right every can says brew without compromise but we believe you got to live without compromise to do anything excellently what does it mean to you to live without compromise I mean, don't settle. I think it means don't don't ever settle for less than your worth. Don't ever settle for less than you can give. Don't ever settle for less than uh, what opportunity is in front of you. So, if don't compromise on anything. If if you're trying to be an astronaut, for example, go out there and be the best astronaut you can possibly be. Um, if you're playing golf, try and be the best golfer that you can be. If you're a parent. Don't compromise on your values and on what you, how you want to be as a parent. Be the best parent you can possibly be. And I think it's just kind of that mindset of doing everything to the fullest extent. And like you said at the beginning of this whole thing, if you combine all that in everything that you do as a person in your entire life, at the end, I think you're going to look back and be pretty proud of it. 
Well, there you have it, folks. J.J. Watt's story, or at least a little bit of it. Something I didn't mention in the beginning was who he plays for, the Arizona Cardinals, as well as he has two brothers that also play in the NFL. How crazy is that to be in the NFL with two of your brothers? Anyway, if you want to try some of his favorite beers as well as discover your own, go to athleticbrewing.com, get us in-store, or buy us right there on the website. Thank you.